Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Mario Armstrong, creator and host of the Never Settle Show, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams by Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 241 of Chasing Dreams. Guys, as we continue to celebrate Black History Month, I am excited to bring you this story and this individual. Today, we're talking with Mario Armstrong, two-time Emmy Award winner, host of the Emmy-winning Never Settle Show, a web television series that provides the advice and tools to help you hustle mindfully to pursue your passions. So you already know why I asked him to be on the show. Mario focuses on positivity, motivation, and tactical advice to inspire people to take action, pursuing their personal and professional goals, dreams, and passions. He's an entrepreneur, brand influencer, and a public speaker listed with Damon John's Shark Group Speaking Division. His new daily podcast entitled Wake Up and Level Up kickstarts your day in under five minutes with a jolt of inspiration, advice, and personal growth formulas. I am so excited for you guys to meet him and we get real. We talk about it all. We don't hold back. And it's a great conversation that I think you'll enjoy. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of Chasing Dreams is sponsored by Ringtones by Amy J. As your personal hype man, Amy wants to provide you with the tools to help you along your dream chase. These new ringtones can be used as text alerts, ringtones, or alarms. The ringtones range from an alarm reminding you it's time to be intentional to an affirmation reminding you that you are enough. To learn more, please visit amyj21.com slash tones or search for Amy J under iTunes on your iOS device or the Tunes ringtone store. All right, guys, without further ado, here's Mario. Hey, Mario, welcome to Chasing Dreams. It's so good to be here with you, Amy. I'm really uh, excited to be on this episode with you. Ever since we heard about it and bumped into each other, I was like, and then I saw your stuff on Instagram and then you reached out and I was like super excited. I'm like, yes, I'm doing this show. Let's figure this out. And I'm so glad that the stars aligned and we got on the calendar to make it happen. And the stars truly did align because we, we ran into each other at um, my, uh, one of my college programs. You were there DJing. And my sister had told me about you probably like a few weeks before that. And I was looking into what you were doing and how you were motivating people and giving them tools and resources through the Never Never Settle show. And I was like, this guy is really doing it. I would love to have him on the show. And we ran into each other at the program, like I said, and I was just, I just had to share with you how moved I was with what you were doing because you had shown of a level of vulnerability that not a lot of people show. I mean, you talked about your journey, you talked about, and guys, if you don't know, the links will be in the bio, in the show notes, in the descriptions, uh, follow him. His story isn't a secret. It's it's there. He talks about it openly, you know, uh, going broke, being in debt, and here you are. And I just wanted to share that with you because oftentimes people think it's a, it's a quick fix. Overnight success, there are no stumbling blocks, and you are 
that's not you. No, not at all. I mean, I wish there was overnight success, <laughs> but that's not a thing. Like, and it was, you know, <clears throat> when you're pursuing a passion and you're going after a dream and you have a vision for yourself and you can see it clearly as to what you're trying to accomplish. But when roadblocks and challenges show up, you have to try to like step up to the occasion and try to figure out how do I go around? It's, it's not about the, you know, I often tell, tell people often, it's like, having a vision is great, but how you react to things that are stopping you from getting to your vision is actually greater. So really trying to think through in advance, some of these things that are going to be potholes or challenges. If you know that going into it, it makes it easier for you to be like, oh yeah, I knew this hiccup was going to come. That's right. They told me it wasn't going to be easy, but unfortunately we're not told that story. We're actually told, we actually show and value the prize more than the process. And since we teach each other and society's taught us to really value the prize over the process, unless people are being very vulnerable and transparent, you don't get to learn about the process of what it really took for them to get there and the challenges, the pain, the suffering, the sacrifice. And, and so uh, I felt like, to me, it's doing a disservice by not telling people exactly what was involved it may not be ex your exact journey and that's not the point the point was this is a journey and this is how a journey can unfold and i was really really uh transparent with it i mean i remember crying on camera out of frustration anger um fear just tiredness because you're pushing on a vision that you believe in, but you just keep getting met with objections or you have people around you that maybe don't totally understand it. And so they're like dream killing, even if they don't mean to. And you're just like, I didn't kill anybody and try to get away with murder. Why is this so hard? Like what, what is going like, what, what, like I'm a good person. And so, you know, but we were in a different scenario because I had asked my wife to leave her well-paying job to kind of, to run this company, to run this idea that I thought she could turn into a company, which was um, me developing content and creating content on radio, television, and the web that was really all about helping you understand how to use technology to move your life forward. And then also how you can overcome obstacles and challenges that are in your life. And during that process, she finally relently, relented and said, yes, okay, I'll, I'll relentlessly. She was like, all right. And then I finally got her to do it. And then about maybe a few months into us agreeing, doing the LLC, getting the paperwork, getting everything done, I had already been side hustling while I had my day job on other opportunities in the media space, had a big contract with AOL, and we were literally on our way to the signing. We had already done our signing, but they were going to sign their part. And we were on our way, driving down I-95 South, headed to Dulles, Virginia. This is from Baltimore at the time. And we get the phone call in the car. And basically this guy named David and he goes, Mario, I, I haven't been able to tell you this, but the deal is not going through. And I'm like, I don't like, I'm in complete shock. I don't even, it's not even registered. Like we're on the car. We're on our way to what is supposed to be a $286,000 contract. This isn't like 20 grand. It's like $286,000 contract that we had already spent a year courting this company, working with them, being paid for some pilot work, which was nice. But Really, this was the contract that was going to set us up and get us moving. And everything had been done and signed on our end. So we just needed to counter signature. And so they had invited us to a party and the party wasn't happening because the dude didn't tell me three days before that he knew that this wasn't happening because a new CEO came in and they put a freeze on all contracts. 
So we don't get the call a few days ago because he didn't have the courage, he said, to tell me he'd rather wait till we were like an hour away <laughs> from the destination. So I'm laughing now, but it wasn't laughing matter then. I mean, we pulled over on the side of the road and was just like sitting there with our jaws just dropped to the floor, just just in just in pause. Because we have five-year-old son, Christopher, at the time that we're raising. Um, it's 2017, the end of 2017. And we just drove home really quiet. And, uh, you know, I tried to give her a pep talk. It was just like, it's okay. This is, this is what happens. Like, we didn't plan all of our eggs in one basket. We, we didn't expect this to happen. But we said we were going to do this. We can do this. You know, we'll wake up tomorrow. We'll start a new day. And we'll figure, we'll figure out our next steps. Well, it wasn't, but what, two months later that, you know, nation was in crisis and 2008 hit recession. So now nobody wants to do anything and we can't even get a job if we wanted one. Not at all. I can't, I can imagine because I, I know where you are on 95 going down to Dulles and I can see yeah. I'm like picturing it and I'm like devastated for you. You know, I'm like. The end is right there. The, it's he's right there. So close. And that's when you tell him? 10 yard line? Yes. Like, <laughs> creeping, creeping. And it's like, devil. I mean, can you imagine the conversation on the way there? How excited we were? Can I, you even imagine the roller coaster of like the excitement of, oh my gosh, this is the day. It's going down. You dropped off the kid at mom's house and you're headed to Dulles, Virginia. Like, you know, you're excited. Like, <laughs> the pit in the stomach. And, and, and I mean, it was, it was gut wrenching pin drop silence of what just happened kind of moment. But today Emmy award winner, two time Emmy award winner, all the accolades it's coming in for the never settle show. So I want to do is I want to take you back. I want to take these guys back to young Mario. What did young Mario want to be? Oh, young Mario wanted to be on TV. Mm. <laughs> young Mario wanted to be in radio, television, acting, communicating, standing on a stage. It, young Mario was in, was really impressed by people on camera um, and just thought that that was like the coolest thing and just really wanted to understand what that was all about. Um, young Mario loves loves to be around people. He gets energy off of people. He likes to give energy to people. Um, young Mario is is passionate, aggressive, in, in a good way. Just like very much um, pushes for what he believes can be because his parents instilled that in him in an early age, at an early age. And so, yeah, that's a uh, risk taker. <laughs> that's young Mario. Young Mario is the guy that jumps off the edge of the pool, spins around in the air just to come down and hit his chin on the edge of the pool while the rest of his body falls into the water. Like, you know, three stitches in the same spot of the chin, just because I had to try to drive the, ride the bike in a rain and pop a wheelie down a hill. Like, you know, Mario's just a risk taker. <laughs> a risk taker. So does that mean Hollywood? Does that mean, you know, films, TV, or was that just, look, I just knew I wanted to be on TV. Yeah, it was, I knew I wanted to be on TV. It wasn't, it wasn't that specific. Um, I, I just knew I like to be around that type of energy. I like to see the things being behind the scenes being done. Um, and I, and I just, I was, I just really was into the fact that you could, that you could talk and have images 
and it creates some kind of feeling and some kind of communication across the screen. So in your education, whether it was high school, college, or just, you know, your 20s, did you try to take a path towards that and try to figure out? I mean, it doesn't sound like there's a, a game plan laid for that out for that like there is for, hey, you want to be a doctor. You no. <laughs> so, I mean, so in high school, no, that was horrible. C, C minus, somewhere around there. Just, I didn't care. Like, okay, Kansas is over there. Great. That's geography. All right. Um, I get it. 1776. All right. You know, history. Okay. Like, you know, tell me something that I really want that I get excited about. <laughs> so I was the, so I was the gossiper, you know, so I was, I was not, uh, I, I wasn't in school with a purpose. So therefore school was like, you know, all my time. So I had to try to make it work for me. And so that means probably being a distraction. That means probably just getting by. That means doing all the other things that actually this career actually enables you to do like, like, so like social skills, like being curious, asking a lot of questions, shaking things up a little bit, like all those things that really don't work in a very structured setting for someone that's just supposed to be paying attention to English. And so, although I did pay attention to English because I did see some purpose with that, <laughs> uh, but that was probably the only thing that I ended up keeping my, keeping my grades somewhat, <laughs> at least at a C level. But when I got to college, you know, it all turned on for me. Like it all became real because I was in there editing. I was, I was, I was shooting. I was around microphones. I was around cameras. So taking the communications major instantly opened me up. And those were the best grades ever. So the first two semesters, I'll never forget. I had like a 3.5 average, never knew what that felt like. Some of y'all may be laughing at me. I do not care. I have no shame in the fact that that was my first time because I recognized that that was the first moment where relevance equals purpose. When you, when you find relevance, it will give you purpose. And so at that moment, it was relevant for me to understand communications because I was excited about it. And so therefore I had purpose. And once I had that, then the stu- everything else that was already within me came out, studying hard, doing the right work ethic, going all in, trying to impress the professors, doing extra credit, going, to, going the extra mile. Um, all of that was kicking in gear, but it all got derailed. You know, many people don't know this story or, um, I mean, some do, but it all got derailed because in that second semester, um, we would attend these off-campus parties. I was going to West Virginia state at the time, which is nothing to do out there. So you go to these off-campus parties and I'm thin, I got curly hair. So I was an easy target for some local, some local bad guys. And one in particular who really had a bad reputation, um, decided to make me his new target. And so it got, it got beyond just like fighting in West Virginia to just try to get me back to campus where I would be safe to him knocking on my dorm door drunk at two o'clock in the morning with four of his guys ready to beat the daylights out of me. And it escalated to the point where I was actually being shot at. And so if you can only imagine going away to college for the first time, you're getting your best grades ever in your life and you're being shot at, like, it just doesn't even make sense. And ever since then, I tried to go to a different college here, went to Hampton, didn't work out. Went to UMBC for a couple semesters, did okay, didn't work out. Like the college thing completely got derailed. And so I'm saying all this just to let people know, like life isn't linear and life doesn't happen in direct steps, even if we try to map them out. And it's okay. I mean, 
you know, I still have, I have a, a very happy life, harmonious, love my wife, love my kid, love what I work on. I get to choose the things I want to work on every single day. Um, I'm 90% happy with the work. There's only 10% of the stuff where I'm just like, oh, I don't feel like doing this piece. That's only like 10%. So I'm, I have no business complaining. We've worked our tails off. We created stuff that really impacts and helps people pursue their passion and overcome obstacles. We got a couple of Emmys from our peers, got nominated four times, won two. So, you know, it's, I've had to learn to understand that that journey was on purpose. And you don't know that while you're in it. But once you're out of it, you can then pull from it to inform how you can help other people or help yourself. It's very hard. You're absolutely right to in that moment to see past that moment. You see that it's that there is something better in store. You just got to get through that moment. Right. Because you're in that moment and you got to feel the feelings and you got to go through it. But it's so hard to remember. And the thing I love about your story is that it's not linear. You know, you talked earlier about how um, we about vulnerability and how people focus on the prize and not necessarily the path or the process or the journey. Right. And I think in 2021 and 2020, we've slowly begun unraveling these myths. Right. Mm -hmm. That the prize is the ultimate destination. That's where it has to be. The other one is that you have to have a linear path, that you have to abide by age uh, to get married, by the jobs that you have. That's about this or that and you defy all that which is awesome but it wasn't easy it wasn't easy and so i the question i have for you is how how did you decide hey now i want to help people it wasn't a light bulb that just went off that way what normally at least what i see for a lot of people including myself is that intrinsically something's already within you a lot of people will tell you to pursue your passion. I say unlock your passion because I believe it's already within you. It's just a matter of you being open enough or maybe having enough self-awareness or actually not devaluing the thing that comes to you easiest. And so a lot of people discount and discredit the thing that comes to them easy because they don't think it's hard work. So therefore, what value could it really have? And really, that's the gift that you were given in the talent you're missing the purpose that's calling for you. If you pick up that phone and decide to lean in and, and learn and study and accentuate and amplify that talent, you then get to a closer part of what your human potential can really be. And so I think for me that the helping people was always there at the core. Like that's just me as a person. And so I think what I needed to do was figure out how do I help people? And so I think the light bulb one of the light bulbs, there's several light bulb moments that go off for all of us, right? But one light bulb was really recognizing on my first job when I was actually doing um, technology training, like I was training people how to use software. And the company would constantly ask me, the CEO of the company would constantly ask me to come in and be a part of like his bigger presentations. And I was like the new kid, didn't understand what was going on. And then I understood like, oh, he wants me for these five to seven minutes because I'm really clear. I'm energetic. I really believe in this. And that's transferring energy to the audience and gets them to be more committed and all these other things that I was learning about. And so I think that was the first moment when I realized, oh, helping people is cool. You can get an applause. People can give you good rates on your rate card. You, People smile when they're like, when you get a light bulb off for someone else, you see them smile and that gives you energy because you now unlock something for them that they feel happy and excited about. 
And so that refuels you. So it was all of that. And then I just wanted to figure out how to do it on bigger and bigger stages. That's really all that it was like, okay, I could have been fine with, you know, 30 people in a classroom and continue to do that and have a different set of 30 people. For some reason, I wanted 30,000 people and I want to be in the MGM arena. Each of us has a different purpose, right? For you, that felt right. Yes. That's the thing. And um, one of the things you do is help people kind of figure out where their passions are. And so, guys, I do want to point you to a resource on Mario's site, neversettle.tv. There's a tool to help you figure out what passion to pursue, which I took a look. It's amazing especially when you have so many things within you. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. So I, I want to point you guys to that. The link is going to be in the description so you can check it out because I highly encourage, because I think some people are under the misconception that they have no passions. And I love Ooh, that's a good one. Unlock your passions. It's in there. We all have seeds within us that are planted. It's just a matter sure. of taking care of it. It's figuring out what are those seeds. And I think you do a great job with that tool in, 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 in helping people figure it out. But for those who, before they can do that, can you talk a little bit about how people can figure out what their passion is? That's, that tool is so good because that's, that was the reason for the answer to this question, because I can say it a, a million different ways. And at the end of it all, it, it's, it's, you have to write down, I firmly really believe this. You have to write down on a sheet of paper what you like to do. Like just the things you like to do, not necessarily careers, just stuff you like to do. Oh, I like to cook. Oh, well, okay. I like to bake or I, li I like to listen to music. Like, I don't care what it is. Like, just get it out of your head and onto a sheet of paper so you can actually physically see it. And within that, then I start finding, then I can say to you, what are the things that really ramp, get you out of those things? Forget about bills. I'm not talking about money. Stop bringing that into the equation. I didn't bring any of that up yet. I just want to know what excites you like crazy. Circle those three things right now. Don't think about it twice. Circle those three things right now. And so you act on that impulse and you get to look at the three things that they circled. And something's like, you know, running. Another one might be like, um, I don't know, social media. And another one might be like, you know, uh, cooking or baking or something like that. Right. These random things. But they're excited about all three of these random things. And so what this formula actually does is it is it helps you put down these ideas, but then rate the ideas with a numbering system that helps you unlock or uncover what should be the, the easiest next right move for you to make. And so it will ask you, what resources do you have to do the baking thing or the chef thing? What resources do you have to, to start that running company or, or, or to do something in fitness? And then it will ask you like, what's your, what's your, um, What's your passion level for it? Is it really a five or is it really like a three? You're kind of semi-passionate about it or you're really passionate about it. And so there are a couple of these columns that if you answer honestly and you rate with a one to five scale, at the end, you total it and it will tell you which thing you should actually be working on first. And here's what's beautiful about the, the fact that I'm actually pushing people to do a worksheet more than just telling them because it's first off, it's going to be hard for me to explain this for you to like draw this out on a sheet of paper. So just download the daggone worksheet. But secondly, what I've also found is that when you write things down, so even if you just do this as a minimum, when you write things down, you end up finding crossovers. You end up finding intersections, but you can't when you don't see it. 
And so I call that peanut butter and jelly. And so what I say for a lot of people to unlock your passion, sometimes it's the peanut butter and jelly comes together and that helps to bring out something that's within you that's now new to the world, may even be new to you for that matter. So uh, peanut butter and jelly is like peanut butter tastes great by itself. Jelly tastes great by itself, comes together, makes something magically different. When you have these things listed on a sheet of paper, you can start to see how um, your love for social media and being a chef can play into each other. Or your love for cooking and how that can help the runner. And so you find these peanut butter and jelly moments where it's not, oh, I just want to become a chef or I just want to become a runner. It's like, no, no, no. You can actually look at the intersections and then you can really unlock something that's special. And, and I wanted you to just talk about this because I think as you have to trust the process. And I'm with Mario. Download the resource, which is why I keep talking about this. Because I think some of you guys, you know, and I talk about my story and how I worked at NASA and I had an awesome job, awesome time, but I was bored and I just didn't, I wasn't fulfilled. And so I realized I had a passion for helping people and I wasn't doing that. And so that's where my pivot came because my choices were because of other people and influences, culturally, community telling me, Hey, do this. The thing about what Mario's uh, tool is, it's you. What is your passion and what is the cross sections of it? And I think it's very powerful to help you guys. So that's why I want to I want to reemphasize you downloading this and going through it because he's not saying, hey, this is the only passion. Mario's tool actually says, hey, what's the next right step? And then let's do it again. And then, you know, let's put it in an order. And so I haven't seen that before. So kudos mm-hmm. to you, Mario, and your team for putting that together because it's a great resource. It's just a powerful question to answer. So many, look, people want to be acknowledged, appreciated, loved. Um, and what we ultimately want is some kind of purpose. And, you know, if we're busy chasing the purpose, we can't really unlock it, in my opinion. And I get what people mean. They don't really, nec- some mean chase it, but some are just saying that word figuratively. And I, and I get that. But I, I also do think there's power in sitting still. Like often I'll tell people, sit still to gain momentum. And it's like, well, why would I do that? Well, it's like, because if you're constantly running or if you're constantly filling yourself, you're not creating any space or any room for anything else to come in. And so if you can sit still, sometimes by sitting still, more times than not by sitting still, you allow more things to come in that can help inform you on some of those next steps. And I just think that, you know, so many people are addicted to acceptance. And since we are addicted to acceptance, because we teach that in our culture, And since we're looking for that validation, oftentimes we second guess our own abilities and our own um, possibilities. And that's just why I also say, like, your lived experience is your expertise. Like, if you've lived it, that's your expertise. Don't devalue it only because you haven't yet hit a milestone or a goal or something that you're looking to hit. And therefore, since you haven't hit that milestone yet, you're devaluing everything about you to get to this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's something to not just sitting, but looking back on, like, if you go back just a little bit over what you've done, you can go further faster. Right. But you have to have that moment of peace and reflection. And I I love something you said, which was with with self-care to yourself, please with self-care, because, you know, hindsight, 
Woo boy, hindsight will have you thinking you've made the stupidest decisions that I can't believe I missed those opportunities. I can't blah, blah, blah. That's called regret. You are starting to build the seeds of regret when you talk like that. Here's, here's what I, I even had to have this conversation with. I, we call her CEO Nicole. Uh, she's the CEO of the company, but we call her affectionately CEO Nicole. And she was having some decision fatigue about something. And she was like second guessing it. And I was like, hold on. I was like, you know what I'm about to do, right? And she's like, I know, but go ahead. I said, were you present when you made the decision? Did you give it as much thought as you could give it? Did you do any research? Did you ask any other mentors that may have had any experience with something similar? Did you sit on it for a couple of days? Did, did you actually give it the attention that you felt that it needed with the best information that you could at the time? And the answer always is yes, unless, you know, one or two times when you're like, ah, I should have did a little bit more research. Well, yeah, okay, lesson learned then. But if, if you did, if you did all of those things and you checked those boxes, then you did the best you could do with the information you had at that time. But it's so easy for us to look in the rearview mirror and now with this perspective, be able to navigate how we would have made those decisions. No, you wouldn't have had. You would have made the same decision with the inf information you had at that time. And that really became a release for me to understand that. I, I am where I'm supposed to be because these are the decisions that I was supposed to make, even if I have other goals. And even if I'm dealing with that, I'm not as far along as I really feel like I could be or should be. I can pull that back down and get in check and be like, it's time just hasn't caught up yet. Calm down, Slim. It'll be okay. <laughs> and I love that because I think a lot of us need to work on our own self-awareness and self-care and just uh, be more mindful because I think yeah. we rely on others. To give us, like you said, the validation, the acceptance, the, is this okay? When, like, if you can't do that for yourself, if you guys can't, you look, tell them, Amy J, tell them. You can't be happy by yourself. So that, and that's, that's huge. If you can't be happy by yourself, you can't, you're doing a disservice to the other people in your life. It's going to be rough for them. That's not fair to put it upon them to make you happy. And you, you talk about that when you talked about um, looking for acceptance from others. And I think yeah. that's something that we all have to work on. Absolutely. I'm still dealing with it. Like, I'm not immune. I'm not immune. <laughs> I'm a human being that's trying to evolve and be better today than I was yesterday. Like, you know, it's it's comparison is killing us, though. And it is a real thing. I mean, there is a real theory behind this, too. If any of you that are uh, really into wanting to do the research, go research the social comparison theory. Uh, Dr. Festinger, I believe it is. Um, and this is a real thing. And so it really gets bad when you start looking at the theory of upward comparison versus downward comparison. And so upward comparison can actually be healthy when you're actually looking up at someone that you admire or be inspired by. Uh, downward comparison is unhealthy. Um, and upward comparison can be become unhealthy if if the inspiration turns into envy or if the inspiration turns into jealousy, which has definitely happened to me before. Like I used to be inspired by someone and then I'm like, well, how come they're getting that? I'm, I'm trying to do it. And so you have to kind of catch yourself <laughs> and check yourself with that self-awareness that you're talking about. But downward comparison, thankfully I don't do that, but that's worse. That's where by you looking down upon someone else, comparing your, where you are to someone else beneath you in order to make you feel better. So to me, that equals reality TV, if you ask me. But that's <laughs> yeah, I, have my, I have my similar thoughts on this, uh, but we won't go there. But, you know, you talked about something earlier you, that I want to touch upon, how you're only human. And yeah. I, I did this with uh, Lovia Jai Jones, who was on the show 
last episode at the risk of humanizing you and normalizing you in the eyes of my listeners. You've gone through struggles, right? You've won two Emmys. Has it been smooth sailing after that? <laughs> like people think because you've reached the plateau, you've reached the peak. That's oh man. Amy, Amy J, let me tell you, let me tell you when I first appeared on the today show and that was a goal. When I first appeared, that took a long journey. When I first appeared on the Today Show, first off, short story. All right, so here, so let me break this down really quick. Let me say this in case I forget. Imagine this: I'm on the Today Show in front of five to six million people, live on air, doing my thing. Little boy from Baltimore made his dream happen. People in Baltimore going nuts because they're calling my mom, they're sending me texts, they're saying it. They all been waiting. They all knew that I was going to be on the air because we already told the family what the, the air date was. Blah 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 blah. But this is live TV. So uh, everybody's like, you know, tuned in or whatever. I go on the air and I do my thing and, and I stepped into it. I fully showed up and I fully stepped into it and, and really, <laughs> you know, killed it. And, and, and then that, that part kind of like wrote history from that point on. That was like a big milestone moment. But here's the thing. At that time, when I did that, credit card debt was to the hill. 401k was gone. Mother-in-law just got finished buying me some groceries. Godmother ended up buying my train ticket to New York City. So basically, what am I saying? I'm on the Today Show and I'm flat broke. But you see me on the Today Show. And trust me, I was enjoying it too, but I knew my bank account was flat broke. <laughs> and so I'm saying all this to say that, <clears throat> you know, oh, by the way, I just want to share this little piece of the story. When they, when they try you out on the Today Show, I didn't know this at the time, but uh, when they try you out on the station, somebody did a Google search. They found me because I had been doing stuff in the local market for free to get my name out there, but also build up my experience in TV. So I had basically called the local general manager and the sales team for ABC in Baltimore and was like, hey, I got this little radio show and I want to do it on TV. And I was like, and by the way, I don't want any money because I wanted to remove any objections. So I call this going from free to fee. So that was how I ended up learning live television. So I cultivated that myself to try to learn on the job. Again, I, I didn't have college. <laughs> I had to make my own college, right? So this was my way of like making my own college. And so I get this opportunity because I'm finally seeing through this Google search that this producer, the Today Show did, and they do a segment that's called the whip. And a whip is when they have three minutes in total for the entire segment, but they have three different guests all on the Today Show inside of this three-minute segment. So you do the math. Basically, each one of us gets 60 seconds. So here's the thing. They'll have myself, and, and it was like me, and then it was Al, and we were upstairs in the top studio. And then at the time, it was Matt Lauer and somebody else, and they were out on the plaza. And then it was like, um, uh, I can't remember who the third person may have been that they were maybe it was Carson maybe it was somebody else and they were like in studio 1a downstairs and so what happens is they do this they call it the whip they put you on because they figure how bad could you be in 60 seconds like if you drop the ball it's okay there are two other guests that we have and not everybody's going to drop the ball so instead of giving you your own three minute segment they'd rather you just have this one minute piece of an entire segment so the segment will be like 
Father's Day gift ideas. And the woman will be doing like baked apple pie recipes or something that she does. The other woman is going to be doing like, you know, luxury gifts that you can buy or whatever. And then I was doing like the tech thing that you could buy for dad. So that's kind of like how it would work in a segment. I nailed the 60 seconds and the producers came running to me at the end of this thing. And they were like, what else you got? And I was, and I didn't even know what they were. I didn't even know how to answer that question. I was so enamored with all the lights and the TV. It was a crystallization of everything that I had seen when I was like nine in my head happening right there in front of me. And at that moment though, at the same time of all that happiness, flat broke. So I just, to, to crystallize your point, like it's, it, it doesn't, the two, because the Emmys, because of this, because of that, those are moments that you work your tail off to get. But then here's the thing. You have to actually use those moments to help you actually get the next set of moments. You might get a couple calls. We got like one. <laughs> but it wasn't like all of a sudden the floodgates opened up. Um, but it does add credibility. And it does get respect. And so all of those, so, so it's useful in that way, but I have to use it in that way, not rely on it in that way. Well, it almost sounds like it's a stepping stone in your journey, in your path, right? You have, you didn't make it. This is it. Whereas people watching you are like, he's made it. That's, that's <laughs> on the top of the hill. <laughs> that's right. You made it to the mountain. And you're like, no, no, no. This journey's going up to the clouds, y'all. We're, we're not yeah. stopping here, right? Right. We're, we're, we're going to keep on going. And so with COVID, right? Yeah. Um, never settle. What's what's going on there? Catch us up with that. Can yeah, get- tough. Um, because, you know, we we shot our first, se- first season of that show a few years ago, and we it wasn't perfect, but we did it anyway, and we put it out there. And ironically, that was one of the seasons that we ended up winning an Emmy for, for what was not the most prettiest um, season, in, in my opinion, because we had to basically barter a tech company's lobby in order to turn that into a studio because we could not afford a studio space. And um, but now after that season, and this is why it's important for you to put your work out there and, and just, and, sh- and share it and get it out there. No matter where, where you think it is on the perfect, uh, level, put it out there because people can't see what you're working on or can't begin to support your idea if they don't even get a glimpse of it because you're waiting on it to be perfect to release. And by the way, perfect doesn't exist anyway. Look at your, look at us. It's we're constant evolution. There's no such thing as perfect. So neither are our, our ideas. And every smart or every successful person will tell you there's one secret that they don't want everybody to know. And that is none of us had it figured out. None of us know what we're doing. We're just doing it. We're figuring it out along the way. Like literally, (laughs) you're figuring it out along the way. And so right now, to bring it to this situation, we didn't even know where we were going to be for season two. We get a phone call from a studio in Times Square. We just saw your show on Facebook Live and we're getting ready to produce some new shows over here. We would love to talk to you about bringing your show over to our studio. Nice. We didn't have a studio to go. We were done with that deal. That deal was up. We didn't have, we didn't know where we were going to go next. So next thing I know, we're now meeting with NASDAQ stock exchange with an 80, 80 foot video wall with glass windows where people I can see into Times Square, people from Times Square can see into us. CNBC's morning talk show is shot in the studio. I'm right across the street from Good Morning America. Like I'm all, it's, it's like 
what, and I'm not having to pay. This is incredible what's happening right now. And so you go from that high to then delivering a season to then COVID because we had a live studio audience, seven cameras, beautiful set. And so we waited and waited and we finally decided about two months ago what we were going to do because we, we just were kind of like just waiting, kind of wait and see. And so I'm happy to say that um, in the month of February, we will be releasing the new season of the Never Settle Show. It's got a whole brand new look. Amy J, I'm nervous. No, I don't say those words. I'm excited. I'm energized. I tell people all the time, don't say the word nervous. I'm excited. I'm energized about this whole opportunity because again, though, we're making this up as we go along, but wait till you see the format. Wait till you see the structure. We hope that you all love it too, but it's going to be full of takeaways, uh, information that you can use done in a really fun, entertaining kind of style and format with some amazing guests that we hope that you just really can't wait to see every single episode of. This is what we have to do. This is what we say to them. Stoked to hear it. We're stoked to hear it. Um, and here, here's what it is. Hey, guys, um, Never Settle One Best Emmy for Best Interactivity, I believe it was called. And what's phenomenal is you did it on the budget you had. You didn't have the hugest names. And you put it out there, right? This isn't a traditional show. The show was was nowhere near traditional. It was when I heard about it, when I saw it, I was like, he put a show where people could respond live without like a studio, without like, you know, it, this wasn't where the, he had 10 executive producers or assistants to be able to like answer the phones and get your answer. This was click buttons. And what I'm saying, guys, is he worked with what he had and put something out there, tested it. Like, this is not something I would have said one would win an Emmy if you described it to me. But if you watch it, you can see why it won. And then, you know, every time you come up against something, it seems like you're pivoting. And I think sometimes uh, you said you guys made that decision like two months ago. I think sometimes we're so stuck in a path, we forget that we have the ability to pivot. What was it for you guys as you were trying to decide, you know, what do we do? All right, we got to pivot. Like what, what makes that the thing to do? Non-attachment. But without second guessing, that's a great question, by the way, I haven't had that question posed that way. That non-attachment, which was one of the hardest lessons, but the greatest lesson to learn that we, as long as you decide to continue to move and to create action and to have some kind of progress, the path doesn't matter and the destination doesn't matter to be done in a certain way. I could still want to have another season of the show, but if I was attached to that season of the show, having to be in a studio, then I'd really be thinking about, okay, I need to make 20% of the budget COVID protocols so that we could actually have people, we got to figure out the crew and masks and, and testing, and we're going to have to do rapid testing. And we had to do all these other things that we're going to have to do to try to figure it out and make it work. And then am I putting my own health at risk and all this other stuff? And so 
that's being attached to only one way of a thing being done. So therefore you do what they tell you to do and put the blinders on and focus, but then you focus intently on only one way of getting to an end result. And that I had to learn that lesson. And once that monkey was off the bat, everything changed. Like, because then I could truly sit still to gain momentum and it actually means something. I mean, for this next episode, this next season, I was racking my brain through COVID on like, what are we going to do? What would this look like? And we tried a bunch of stuff on IG live and tested these things and did some other stuff. And it kind of like looked like it was about to be like a lightning bolt. And then it fizzled out. And then we try something else and look like, oh, maybe this is it. And then it fizzled out. <laughs> and so you get to the point where you just kind of got a little exhausted and a little tired, but then you, we weren't being attached to any one way of getting there. And then this peanut butter and jelly moment happened. And I decided to merge two formats together and we're about to see how it's going to, at least this time, the momentum, the progress keeps going. Like the, the, the light bulb hasn't, the, the light, the lightning bolt hasn't fizzled out yet. Like it's still, it's still on its way. It's still going. So you keep moving and you don't be attached to any particular outcome. You go back to your why and you remember that this is bigger than you. And I think that's a big one for me. Like who else is relying on me to show up besides me? Who else is relying on you to show up besides you? And when you really have figured out your relevance and you figured out your purpose, and then you understand that it's, you remove the ego and that things are bigger than you. And then if you could step into that with that non-attachment, oh man, you just kind of like, it's a weird feeling because I'm used to really driving a mission, but it's more like you just kind of like, you almost feel like you're floating in the wind and people call it the flow. They call it whatever they call it. For, to me, it's more like <clears throat> there are moments where I feel like, Mario, are you getting lazy? Yeah. You know, because you're like questioning, like, shouldn't you be working harder? Shouldn't you be? And you're like, no, nah, man, everything is so clear. Like, just flow for it. Like, just hang in the space. And so that was really difficult for an A-type personality, which is why I say that um, ambitious people need guardrails. So for me, my guardrails are meditation, <laughs> non-attachment, um, coming back to center. These are like my guardrails because my ambition of just wanting to impact and do good things to try to help people will get out of control. And then I over-index on the ambition, but then I lose everything about being in the present or my life or my kid or my wife. But that's, that's huge. That's huge. Having those guardrails, because those are things that guys, you know, meditation, huge. We've talked about this, you know, just even gratitude, naming three, three things that went well for your day can change things for you. Right. So. And believing it, I would do gratitude as a process because people told me to do gratitude. So I'd be like, oh, I'm happy for my family. I'm happy I have a roof over my head. I really, I really would like to have a bigger roof is what's really going on, right? But I'm happy to have a roof over my head. You know, you really want a bigger roof. You know, you, 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 you want multiple roofs. Stop playing. You know, you want homes in different states. Stop playing. You know, so you're like, you're like, okay, wait, it's not working. I don't feel anything when I do it. Well, Mario, you were just doing it because you thought it was a process to do. But now when you actually take your time and you sit still and you think about your parents still being alive and that they're here, why, why does a smile come up on your face? Well, because you're actually in that thing. 
when you really do think about you're happy for the home that you have, is that why you walk around your, your home excited and, and joyous and it's clean and it's a beautiful space. And, you know, so it's, 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 it also is this like whole belief thing. It's like, that's why affirmations are so strong, but they only are strong if you really believe the affirmation. And the weird thing about the affirmation is you got to tell yourself what it is in the affirmative. And what's crazy is it hasn't happened yet. So you feel like you're lying to yourself. So you're like, what do you mean I'm a best-selling author? How can I say I'm a best-selling author? What do you mean I'm a podcast host? I, I haven't even hosted the podcast yet. Like, that's the whole point. <laughs> like, you have to actually act as if you have to actually say these things in the affirmative, in present tense. Too many people will make those affirmations like, I will be a number one podcast host. That's in the future. You don't know what's going to happen. You can't. And by the way, when will you do that? If it's a will, like, when will you do that? Like, <laughs> like what we're talking about and passions and sitting still and it all comes together, guys. Now, so Mario, I, I could talk to you forever. Honestly, it, it's very easy, but I got to get to this last segment. So hold on. Okay. All right. Let's go. <laughs> it's time to be intentional. All right. There are two. What places. is going down? I have not. I'm ready. I'm like, I'm like, stay, I'm like sitting like ready well, to be at the starting line for this. It's not hard. I want you to share some of the, some of the things you've seen for the people who are listening, just intentionally kind of talking about what can they do? So one, what is something that you've seen people do a mistake that hmm. dream chasers make when chasing their dreams? First thing that pops to mind, is this like a rapid fire thing? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> I wasn't too sure. The whole, the whole bell thing got me all jazzed up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, hmm. What's a common mistake that I see most people do when pursuing their passion? Not listening to their intuition. Therefore, they second guess. When they second guess, they start doing more research and then they second guess some more. Or they decide to now go try to get some validation because they want to actually hear someone say, that's a great idea, go do it. And I think not listening to your intuition, coupled with Biggie, not having an accountability partner. Have somebody in your family, on your squad, in your team, in your fam that doesn't have to understand your vision. They don't have to get it. They just need to know that it's important to you and that they're willing to support you for that journey. So don't try to have to spend your energy trying to convince other people to try to understand your dream. You can use that energy to actually go and make the dream happen. And then people will get it when you start doing it. So, so. I think, you know, having an accountability partner is really, really critical to have someone that you can check in with on a weekly basis. I think it was Dr. Gail Matthews that did this study. I think it's University of San Diego. I could be wrong. That said, when you write down your goals, um, you have a 30% chance of, uh, no, when you say your goals, you have a 30% chance of achieving them. When you write them down, you have a 40-ish percent chance of, of getting them. But if you say them, write them down, and you have an accountability partner that meets with you weekly, to discuss your goals, you rise up to about an 80% chance of probability of completing that goal. So when we have someone that goes with us to the gym and can make us make sure that we go to the gym, we go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're, you're not wrong because, uh, guys, that's one of the reasons I have in 2021 an accountability partner. We meet on Sundays. We check in with each other on our goals. And so I'll, t- I'll let you know how it goes at the end of the year. But Oh, wow. You're doing this. This is great. I didn't even know that. This is I, fantastic. I, I think that you're right about the source. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that was one of the reasons. I was like, we got to. This is powerful. I can't wait for you to check in and tell us. Like, I would love a three-month check-in or maybe even sooner because you're going to. Have you started it yet? Yeah, we've been doing it for a few uh, few months. Few months. Yeah. So, have we, you seen a change? Oh yeah. Right. Like in in having goals before, like I've been in a business for for years, but now I'm starting to see the movement of of fruition, and it's like, was this what was holding me back? I, I don't know, mm. but this is it's it, it's an exciting feeling too. Can you add one thing to it if you have time? Add the three wins exercise. Okay. The three, the three wins exercise is something I do with the family every Sunday. And we go around the table or on the phone or over Zoom or whatever. And we ask each other, what were your three wins for the week? Oh, that's great. I do a person, and, but I, I, I'll add it in with my group, my partner. Yeah. Get them to say their three and you get to say your three. And, it, and, and these things, people do not have to be major milestones. These are just, I had a great meal Tuesday night with my wife. Fine. That's one of them. But what's funny is... Most people will get two out really quick and then they're kind of like stuck on that third one because our brains are intrinsically wired to know what we haven't accomplished in our lives. We don't keep a good record of the good stuff that we've done in our lives. We have to kind of recall it all the time. For sure. And um, the last question is, what is one thing that dream chasers can do today as they go to pursue their dreams and passions? Mm, I think so hard to pick one. It's, it's, it's two. I'm going to give two. One is develop the muscle of resilience. Don't do not disregard resilience. And the only way you develop the muscle of resilience is by taking, by doing small experiments. If you can try things on a small scale where they won't derail your whole idea or your whole business or all your funding or whatever, like if you can do small experiments, small pilots, and you do that often and you go into them as experiments, say that word. I'm doing an experiment because an experiment is just that. We all learned that seventh grade, chemistry, whatever. Like it's an experiment. It's going to, might work, might not work. Okay. If it doesn't work, what did you learn from it is the immediate thing that you think about when you say the word experiment. So I think that helps us develop the muscle of resiliency. And that's the one thing that I wish more people would try to work on getting knocked down and getting back up, getting knocked down and getting back up. Because that is a, is, is a must in order for you to really max out your full potential. The only other thing I'd say tactically is learn how to sell. <laughs> like, I think that people overlook the importance of being able to sell because some people may think it's sleazy. And that's why I say your personal agenda, make it your public agenda. And what I mean by that is all of us have a personal agenda. We may not want to admit it because we've been told or taught to make it feel like that's kind of like, so, so self-gratifying for yourself. Like it's so selfish of you, Amy J to want to have the, one of the best podcasts out there. Why you got to have one of the best podcasts? Like why? So like, like we know that you have a personal agenda of wanting to reach as many people as you can with the episodes that can empower their lives. Otherwise, why are we doing this? So, but when you make it your public agenda, when you decide to actually make it bigger than Amy J. So 
then it makes it easier for us to ask for the people we want on the show or ask for the things we need for the show because it's not for the Amy J show. It's actually for Amy J's listeners, Amy J's community. And so that's when I say like, well, who are you stepping up for? Who needs you to show up? Amy J's got to show up and do this podcast. Not for her. If she does her podcast well, she will be taken care of. Her name will be in the lights. But if your goal is to have your name in the lights, you will not have the impact that you're looking to have. Doesn't mean that you can't be focused on having your name in the lights, by the way. That's not a bad thing. If you're a good person, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, wealth and happiness does not mean um, uh, being wealthy or shooting for big goals doesn't mean you're going to be a horrible person. (laughs) The the two can coexist. (laughs) The two aren't automatic, guys. Just FYI. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Just put it out there. It's okay. It's, it's, you know, we have an, uh, we have uh, an affirmation. I'm looking at my cards. I call these pocket affirmations. We have an affirmation as a business affirmation for the two of us that we share. And it, and it reads, one of it reads, um, I'm committed to creating a multi-million dollar company that impacts others' lives. But then the very next one after that reads, I am focused on being profitable and that makes it possible for me to fund more ideas to help more people. That's my core. That's why I want the money. So, you know, I just think that that's being able to sell yourself and being able to be okay with, with talking about the agenda that is for you when it's actually bigger than you, hopefully that unlocks some things for people to really start talking about what it is that's special to them. And they, they stop hesitating on wanting to share because they realize, no, 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 Mario said I'm supposed to tell people about this because I have a community of people that are relying on me to bring this impact or to get this information or to get this advice or to, to make something happen for them. For sure. For sure. Guys, so much knowledge, so much knowledge. It doesn't have to end here. Mario, can you let the Dream Chasers know where they can go to find you and follow you on the interwebs? Uh, so, okay, great. So Instagram or everything social at Mario Armstrong, but Instagram is where I do a lot of content. Um, so it'd be great to catch me there. Plus I respond to the DMs that come through. Just give me a few days. Uh, and then I would say if you're on Clubhouse, Woo, that is an incredible opportunity for all of you for networking, depending on how you use it. I've been using it in really productive ways. Um, So you can find me there, Mario Armstrong on Clubhouse. The website where the show will be housed, as well as YouTube, all of that stuff you can find by going to neversettle.tv. And if you're big YouTube people and you want to subscribe on the channel now prior to the show coming, we love you for that. Thank you. Just go to YouTube and then search for Never Settle Network. Guys, all the links will be on the show notes. Don't worry. I want to make sure you have easy access to get there so you can follow Mario. He's dropping gems on social media and Clubhouse all the time. So be sure to check it out. Mario, thank you for being on the show and just sharing your time and knowledge and experience with these guys, especially during this Black History Month. Yeah, it's really powerful to be here. Thank you for thinking of me um, during this month. And, you know, I've been watching what you do ever since we bumped into each other and crossed paths and been following your work. So it was an easy yes to see the work that you were doing. And I got to also just say really quick, and I want this on the record, like your process to your production of this podcast, people, you all don't get to see the behind the scenes, but as a guest that gets to appear, you know, I'm blessed to appear on lots of different podcasts and interviews. It's was amazing to see your process, to be a part of it, the forms that needed to be filled out, the structure, all of that told us, oh, there's a different level of professionalism with this particular podcast. 
And so we need to operate accordingly. Not that I don't show up for others. I always show up. Like we can't, you never not show up people, dream chasers, never not show up, like always show up. Even if you decide to take something for free, you still show up. Like you just got paid $10,000 check. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't let that, you know, well, I'm only going to give them a little bit. No, 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 no. It's still you, your reputation, your work. You still show up a thousand percent. But I just wanted you to know that I really appreciate it because I know that takes work and I know that takes costs. I know it's an investment to have other people on the team also do that. And I'm really, really appreciative of it and honored to be a part of this process and your and your podcast. And because I know that you're putting that type of energy into it, I'm so excited for where it's going and what, and what you're going to continue to do. So I'm glad to play a small role if I could. Definitely did. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at chasingdreamshq.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.